Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> Did you know that you could sponsor an episode of the other stories or even an entire volume? So if you'd like to advertise your podcast or your business or your hitman services, so be sure to get in touch via the contact form over at theotherstories.net. Today's episode is... The Backy, written and narrated by Georgia Cook. It was 12am, which meant it was time for another of Christian Derrick's blazing midnight rows. Claire sat on the wall beside them, letting the argument wash over her, eating a bag of chips she only half remembered buying. Tipsy enough to occupy herself, but not enough to dull the twinge of annoyance. It was her birthday, and tonight had been planned as a drunken celebration, joint commiseration and welcome to the three-zero, but most of their friends had already stumbled away, lost in the sea of people swarming Soho, leaving just the three of them. Well, the three of them and Christy and Derek's seething relationship issues. Claire knew how this went. Christy and Derek would bicker for another thirty minutes, tops and probably wouldn't even remember she was there unless she dived headfirst into the argument. Which meant another two hours to entertain herself before it was time to wrap everything up and call everyone a rideshare home. Another Friday evening magnificently wasted. At least the chips were good. 
Claire heaved herself off the wall and ambled off down the street, pausing only to toss the empty chip bag in a bin as she passed. It was still early by the standards of London nightlife, and Soho was abuzz with stumbling bodies and shouted conversations. Bars and clubs spilled out across the pavements, blazing with lights and the thudding beat of a hundred competing soundtracks. Claire peered into darkened windows, wrinkled her nose at cues, dodged the shattered bottles and abandoned takeaway cartons, and moved on. She'd spent most of her early twenties in the Soho party scene, knew every bar and club in the area. Same old, same old. None of this was any fun. Nothing worth a celebration. Claire paused on a street corner, her attention caught by a soft, rhythmic beat emanating from an alleyway between a takeaway and an empty restaurant. Intrigued, she peered into the gloom. The music was coming from a low, dark doorway in the opposite wall, overseen by a woman in a bouncer's uniform, her hair gleaming under a dim neon club sign. Claire squinted to read the words. The back eye in flickering red. She'd never heard of the Bakai. How had she never noticed it before? Was it new? Some kind of pop-up experience? Claire glanced over her shoulder, assessing the surrounding bars, but the door had piqued her tipsy curiosity. She stumbled forward. The woman at the door grinned as Claire approached. First time at the revelry, she asked. Claire nodded. Everyone finds it eventually, if they're looking for a good time. The woman flashed Claire a wink as she checked her ID. You here alone? Oh, yeah, kinda. Claire blinked, forcing back the twinge of irritation and drunken loneliness. It's my birthday. Well, the bouncer smiled sympathetically, handing back Claire's ID. What a perfect time for a party. Have a good time now. She lifted the barrier for Claire to step inside. Claire descended down a flight of narrow stone steps. The temperature rose as she walked, sticky and humid. The air smelt of sweat and body spray, shot through with something meaty and animal. The stairs ended at another narrow doorway, leading into a cramped box-like room. Lights flashed overhead illuminating deep crimson walls and a low, dark ceiling, filled end-to-end with dancing bodies. The music here was almost deafening, rising up from the floor in a deep, relentless boom. No wonder she'd heard it outside. Claire glanced back up the stairs. From here, she could still just about see a sliver of night-orange sky, feel the sharp midnight air. Just to look around. She'd just have a quick look around, Maybe dance a bit. Then she'd go find Christy and Derek and the others. It was her night, after all. Her birthday. It wasn't as if she'd have to stay. She stepped into the club, skirting past a dance floor lit in a blaze of multicoloured tiles, past jabbing elbows and jostling limbs. Too lost in the music, nobody paid her any attention. Nobody said a word. To Claire's surprise, the first room led on into another, and then another, and then another, back and back into a labyrinth of dark, sweltering little rooms. Claire wondered how large this place could possibly be. 
Does it encompass all the cellars along this street? How had she never noticed it before? She bought a drink, squeezing through the press of bodies to a tiny bar area where she was handed a plastic cup of something honey-coloured and sticky. When Claire asked for wine instead, the girl behind the bar gave her a strange dreamy smile and turned away. Claire took a sip. The liquid tasted strange, too sweet and spiced like mulled wine. Claire pulled a face and left the cup on an empty table, but the taste lingered on her tongue as she walked. After five identical doorways, she turned back on herself, confused by the direction of rooms, and almost collided with a hurrying figure. Whoa, hey! Claire held out her hand, raising her voice above the din. Watch yourself! It was a boy, a few years younger than herself, with dark eyes and messy brown hair. He grabbed Claire's wrist. I, I can't find it, he gasped. I, I can't find... Do you know where... He froze and glanced back over his shoulder. There was a cut on his cheek, Claire noticed, black in the gloom. Can't find what? Claire asked. I saw something, said the boy, turning his terrified gaze back on Claire. I, I have to leave, before it starts again. Before what starts again? The boy's voice dropped to a terrified whisper. The best part. Claire blinked, a prickle of unease breaking through her tipsy haze. We'll get you some air she said. Come on. They started through the crowd. Claire's wrist was slick with sweat and something else. Something sticky, where the boy had touched it. Claire wiped it on her dress and peered through the press of bodies. Finally, she spotted it across the room. A thick metal door. A fire escape. There. To her surprise, Claire's heart leapt with joint relief and uncertainty. It was cramped and crammed in here airless and fetid but the club intrigued her if she left now how would she know how to find it again would she be invited back inside Claire blinked forcing back the strange thought and dragged the boy to the door she grasped the handle and pushed expecting a rush of midnight air the wail of distant sirens instead she was greeted by a blast of music and another pitch dark room Another crush of dancing bodies, the lights of a distant dance floor flashing on and off through the forest of legs. Claire stood frozen a moment, staring. That wasn't possible. How many rooms did this place have? The boy gave a terrified moan and jerked away, stumbling back into the crowd. Hey! Claire yelled. Wait! But he was already gone. Claire glanced at her wrist. It shone wetly under the club lights, slick with something clotted and crimson. Her heart gave a jolt. It was wine, surely, a, a spilled soft drink. She caught a flash of familiar blonde hair, a bouncer's jacket, moving through the crowd ahead. Claire hurried after it. Excuse me? The bouncer turned with a grin. Ah, birthday girl, she cried, enjoying the revelry. You haven't seen a boy, have you? asked Claire. The bouncer laughed. Now she was looking closer, Claire saw that her name tag read Dion. Plenty. 
a particular boy, a kind of skinny brown hair, looked upset. Upset? Dion's brow furrowed. Oh no, not here. Nobody's ever upset here. I mean, Claire tried to smile. It is a little cramped. There's room for everyone. Dion reached out and touched Claire's shoulder, smiling her bright smile. For just a moment, Claire thought she saw horns. Great curling antlers rising in the air above Dion's head. Then she blinked and the image was gone. You'll get used to it, Dion added. Just you wait. Just you wait for the best part. It's starting soon. What's the best part? Claire asked. But the girl had already vanished back into the crowd. Claire swayed unsteadily. The music and heat was getting to her. The panicked boy had gotten to her. The twisting maze of rooms and bodies, anonymous in the dark, driven by the relentless pounding beat. Claire couldn't breathe. Couldn't think. The skin on her wrist prickled. How long had she been here? What was the time? Where was the exit? Static crackled suddenly overhead, wrenching Claire from her confusion. Ladies and gentlemen and revellers, cried an unseen voice. It's time for the main event. The crowd cheered. Nobody had stopped dancing, but suddenly everyone had turned in the direction of a particular dark doorway. The air buzzed with anticipation. Infectious. It pounded in Claire's veins, buoying her up, twitching her fingers, prickling the skin across her neck. She could still taste the drink's honey strangeness on her tongue. She forgot what she'd been panicking about. Forgot her worry and her loneliness. Excitement. Excitement. The best part. The oldest party game from the oldest party. The longest running party in history. From Greek to Rome, all the way to fair London. Another cheer went up. The crowd was larger now. Every person in the club seemed to have converged in this tiny room, pressed shoulder to shoulder, cheek to cheek, their eyes shining, too joyous to care about comfort or personal space. Claire couldn't move, couldn't breathe, wedged too tightly between bodies. She felt the shiver of anticipation in the air, the gleaming eyes of her fellow clubgoers. Fingers twitched. Teeth gleamed. There was movement in the distant doorway. Then something was dragged into view. A small struggling figure held between two bulky security guards. Claire lifted her head, straining to see over the watching heads. It was the boy from earlier. His hands and jacket were sticky red. A fresh bruise blossomed across his forehead. He twisted and yelled, struggling, but the bouncer's grip was too strong, the music too loud. Nobody moved to help. All eyes turned to follow his progress, waiting, waiting, as he was dragged helplessly onto the dance floor. Then suddenly, as if on cue, the crowd surged forward. That's all bang, bang, bloody bang for me. Hands reached for the boy's jacket, for his arms, for his legs. Hands entwined themselves in his hair, covering his face, his open, screaming mouth. 
I give you, cried the disembodied voice, and Claire wasn't surprised at all to realise it was Dion's. Sacrifice. 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 The air sparkled with delight, gleeful ecstasy. Claire caught one last glimpse of the boy's terrified eyes, wide and bloodshot, his hands grasping desperately for rescue, before the crowd consumed him. It lasted minutes, maybe seconds, and all the while the music pounded in Claire's head, sweeping the world in an endless beat, like a drum, like Claire's hammering heartbeat. When at last the crowd withdrew, the boy was gone. The dance floor shone slick and ruby red. The best part was over. Claire found her drink waiting where she'd left it in the other room. She took a sip, savouring the honey-sweet spice on her tongue, the music pounding through her head. There was red on her hands, red on her dress, red on the light-up dance floor. The air smelt of blood and meat and welcome sacrifice. It was wonderful, wonderful. Soon, she decided, she would dance. She would dance until her legs gave out, until the darkness overwhelmed her, until the night slid down into an endless tunnel of music and soundless screams, until sacrifice came again. Price had been paid for a party extending into oblivion, a party raging since the dawn of myth, since the origin of Pan and Dionysus himself, the only party Claire would ever need again. And she never wanted it to end. Never wanted it to end. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Ever Stories. The Backy was written and narrated by Georgia Cook, edited by Carl Hughes, with music also by Carl Hughes and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration is provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. Georgia Cook is an illustrator and writer from London. She is the winner of the Lisp 2020 Flash Fiction Prize and has been shortlisted for the Bridport Prize, Storch Book Prize and Reflex Fiction Award, among others. She can be found on Twitter at GeorgiaCooked and over on her website at GeorgiaCookWriter.com We now have signed paperback editions of The Other Stories Best of Collection Volume 1 and we'll be putting up more signed books and brand new winter merch on the store very soon so be sure to head over to Gumroad dot com forward slash hawk and cleaver to take a look once again that's gum road like chewing gum stuck to a road gumroad.com forward slash hawk and cleaver if you'd like to become a patron you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver be sure to join our book club movie club and writing exercises over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver and you can get help with your short stories and your podcast over at theotherstories.net forward slash services the Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. Until next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.